At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm feeling pretty good on this Friday. How about you guys? Well, if you were on the same bets as me, uh, you're probably feeling decently content as of now. I know our over 210 did not cash last night, but we did cash in on our Warriors series bet and Steph Curry finals MVP at plus 125. Hell of a game out of this Warriors crew. Far outmatched were the Boston Celtics. And I'll get into that more so in the second part of this episode. Because we got an early Cubs game to look forward to. But man oh man. What a season in the NBA for us betting wise. Hit about 58%. Ecstatic with the way we performed. Looking forward to next year already. Especially for us Bulls fans. Now will become the exciting time to see what moves are going to be conducted during this offseason. Can Boston get back to that same spot? I'm not too quick to say they will. Again, I'll get into that a little bit more so why uh, in the second part of this episode. But let's go ahead and get you kicked off with the Cubs day game. Yesterday they had a day game and, uh, well, they extended their streak, a losing one at that, to 10 games. And we're on here on the show saying, yeah, you... Probably got to fade them, if anything. Took about a half unit play on them for that afternoon action, and it came through. Fading the Cubs. If you're not if you're not rooting for them winning, or you don't care if they're winning from a fan perspective, go ahead and try to make a profit off of them by fading them. Seems to be doing pretty well the last uh, 
double-digit amount of games. But today, you've got the Atlanta Braves, who conversely have a big win streak themselves. But in the W column, they're on a 14-game win streak. Oof! This team is coming in red hot, and at Bet Rivers, they're up to minus 195 on the money line. Chicago's plus 165. Total open date literally just moved as I'm recording this about 9 a.m. Now it's up to 8.5. Unders minus 114. Overs minus 105. If it gets to 8, I might play it. We'll get to that in a second. Run line for Atlanta's minus 115. And if you want to take the run in the hook with the Cubs, it is minus 104. Let me double check something to see where these other spots kind of had them open at, or uh, in Las Vegas, pardon me. So yeah, if you look at VEASAN.com where we have the opening lines under the Major League Baseball tab, in Vegas, minus 185 for Atlanta, plus 155 for the Cubs in that sense, but uh, the market seems to be fading Atlanta in the spot, actually, despite what Bet Rivers odds are telling you. Now you may have... Well, I was going to say hometown bias baked into that, but then you'd be like, wouldn't the market be showing some love for the Cubs? Well, maybe a lot of Cubs fans are realizing if you fade them, that's kind of the easy option. But no, in all seriousness, Atlanta should be the big favorite in this game, really, despite whatever the pitching matchup may be. But to be quite honest, this is not the most favorable pitching matchup for an Atlanta team with Charlie Morton out on the bump. Now, we've known Charlie Morton to have a lot better days, but this year he's 4-3 and three with a 5.67 ERA, a high FIP of 4.58, a home run to fly ball ratio of 14%. He's walking four batters per nine innings, a little bit too high, 1.48 whip, definitely too high, and a 399 Sierra. On the road, it gets worse. 6.89 ERA for Morton away from home, 3.97 Woba, and a 5.63 FIP. So he has been horrid on the road this season. He's also given up four earned runs in each of his last four consecutive starts. Gotta love the consistency out of Morton. Now he has faced Chicago. This was a little bit earlier in the year. At home, he went 2.1 innings pitched. Allowed four hits, three earned runs, just one strikeout, walked four guys. Cubbies won that game 6-3 to three in 10 innings. So will Morton have another tough time on the road and another somewhat tough time against the Cubbies? Maybe. It's going to be a decent day out there, wind blowing out just a little bit, about 5 miles per hour. Can the Cubs' bats take advantage of Morton? Are they finally due to provide some runs themselves, maybe enough to get over the losing hump. Well, we know the Cubs do okay against righties, but they do a little bit better against righties at home, where they post a 726 OPS, 303 BABIP, 321 WOBA, and a 103 WRC+. Not bad. Not bad for the Cubbies at home versus righties. And a struggling righty on the road at that in Charlie Morton. Maybe they could take advantage of it. Well, they're throwing out a once-promising Keegan Thompson, who since we bet on him in that Cardinals' first five effort, where we did cash on that, but he still gave up three runs, uh, since then he has surrendered 12 earned runs against Baltimore on the road and against the Yankees on the road. So 12 combined in those two games and eight hits combined throughout those two games. So yeah, that Yankees start was, uh, wow, I was at that game. That was... <laughs> 
I don't even know how to describe that. You know how to describe that. It's probably going to be a little bit too vulgar for this show. But Keegan Thompson is 6-2, 367 ERA, 12% on his home run to fly ball ratio, 1.24 whip, 4.61 FIP, and a 4.20 Sierra. So technically looking at it with the FIP and the Sierra, Morton is showing that, hey, maybe he shouldn't have been doing as bad, and maybe just barely he could be doing a little bit better, expecting to do a little bit better than Keegan Thompson. But here's where Thompson kind of reels you back in. At home, he has been doing really well, right? I mean, the last two starts that were terrible were both on the road. But at home this season, he's got a 1.80 ERA, a 258 Woba, and a 284 FIP. So what the hell do we expect out of Keegan Thompson today against one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball? I don't know, man. I mean, the Braves versus righties, 735 OPS, 290 BABIP, 320 WOBA, and a 103 WRC+. Keegan Thompson is probably going to have a game reminiscent of what we saw in that one we bet against the Cardinals, right? It was a good start. It wasn't a great start. Gave up three earned runs, but we still cashed our bet. I'm thinking Keegan Thompson probably surrenders around three runs in this spot at least. Now, the reason I'm considering this over, and if it was at eight, I think one book has it here in Illinois. Um, Assuming, let's say the Braves can tack on three against Atlanta. All right, you're set in with three. The Cubs, hey, Morton's been struggling in this specific spot. Maybe the Cubbies can get a few on him at least. So let's say going into the seventh inning, we've got six combined runs. Well, the Cubs' bats will inevitably slow down because the Braves have a great bullpen ERA of 2.91 and a whip of 1.12. But where you could get those extra additional runs are going to come from the side of Atlanta exposing this now brutal Cubs bullpen. Yes, that same bullpen that I was clamoring about saying was going to be a constant issue for this team finally has turned the tide into looking exactly like that. Folks, they now have the second highest bullpen ERA in all of Major League Baseball at 4.92. Wow. Their whip collectively is a bullpen unit, 1.38. So I'm thinking Atlanta can probably add some insurance runs late in this game. Now again, depending on where you look, the market has slightly gravitated toward the Cubbies. I get it in the sense that maybe Atlanta just shouldn't be that big of a favorite with the vulnerability of what Charlie Morton brings to the bump, okay? And hell, maybe the Cubs are due for a win and the Braves are due for a loss. Whatever kind of thought process you want to apply to it, I understand why that line has moved that way. I would not bet the Cubs still and I'm not saying I'm taking the Braves right now but 12 out of 14 of their games on this winning streak have been more by more than one run so you could look at the uh, run line and for the Cubbies on their 10 game losing streak every loss except for one has been by more than one run except for the first game of the Bronx against the Yankees so if you don't want to lay the steep price but you're not giving anything to the Cubbies in this spot, then look at Atlanta run line. But what I'm saying is I would consider the total over eight if you can get eight. I don't want to take eight in the hook, but I want to find an eight out there. And it looks like there's a couple, depending on where you shop, maybe. 
We'll see. We still got time, at least right now when I'm recording this at 9.15. Now it is a.m. Central time. Uh, Another angle, perhaps. It's a little bit too expensive, but Keegan Thompson under four and a half strikeouts. Minus 169 was the best price I saw to the under. Again, a little bit too expensive for me to actually want to play it. I threw like maybe a quarter unit on it, but he's only gone over it twice this season throughout six starts and 14 overall outings. He has had four total strikeouts in the span of the last three games. Braves are striking out a decent amount against righties in terms of their just overall K rate, but we know that Keegan Thompson has been regressing. But he does do better at Wrigley, so that's why, again, it's just a very, very little play here because I don't want to lay that much. But Keegan Thompson, man, this is going to be a big start for him. You're going against the hottest team in the league. You've had two god-awful starts the last times out. What can you do now? Can you go back to the guy you were before, or are the stats going to be correct in implying that you're due for more regression, and this is just who you are? We'll find out. 1.20 p.m. Central Time. Later game tonight for the other team in Chicago. This game in Houston, however, the White Sox taking on the Astros. We were talking about AL Central division odds yesterday and saying, Hold off, just because it's going to get a little tough here for the White Sox, who got to go to Houston and then host the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, in Game 1 in their series against the Astros, Houston opened up at Bet Rivers as a minus-175 favorite. Chicago, plus-145, and the total at 7 and the hook. Some spots opened up Houston as high as minus-190. Well, the lines currently at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook show you that the White Sox, uh pretty much in the right spot they haven't moved too much plus 148 astros minus a buck 75 total has ticked up to eight overs even money under minus 120 run line to take the run in the hook with the white Sox. you're laying minus 148 and if you want to lay the run in the hook with the astros it's plus 123 the astros just took two out of three at texas we know the white Sox just swept the tigers up in detroit and tonight, the White Sox throwing out righty Lucas Giolito, who's 4-2 with a 3.88 ERA, but his fifth makes you concerned, 4.43. So does his home run to fly ball ratio that has just continued to be incredibly high this season, 19.6%. His BABIP also alarming, 352. Same with his whip, 144. You have confidence in his Sierra skill interactive ERA of 3.32. So maybe the numbers shouldn't be as bad as they look, but I'm not necessarily buying it because on the road, Giolito has been a mess. He's got a 430 ERA, a 374 Woba and a 464 FIP. So he's doing a lot worse on the road. Astros versus righties hitting 730 OPS, 275 BABIP. 321 Woba and a 113 WRC plus. But here comes the good news for the Southsiders, ladies and gentlemen, and that is they are facing a Southpaw. Yes, a left-handed pitcher in Framber Valdez is going to be starting for the Astros. He is 6 and 3, 264 ERA, 335 FIP, 67% ground ball rate. Incredible. 1.13 whip. 3.47 Sierra, and guess what? At home, he's got a good FIP of 2.97. Danny, you just said that was good news. What the hell are you talking about? Those stats are incredible. Yeah, you're not wrong, but Framber has had some tough outings at home. Granted, it really got skewed from beginning of the year in one tough outing, but look, the White Sox, as we know, 
They dig hitting the lefties. They are number one in all of these categories. OPS versus lefties, 837. BABIP, 352. WOBA, 362. And WRC Plus, 141. They are numero uno in each of them. And on the road, it gets even better. 887 OPS, 408 BABIP. Holy hell. 383 WOBA and a 154 WRC plus. It is insanity the differences with this White Sox team against lefties versus righties. And we've known this for the past couple of years, but man, it just seems even more immense this season. But Valdez is a hell of a southpaw. That's the issue. Like the White Sox can bang up on the mediocre lefties and then some, but when you're going against a good one, we have seen them struggle in the past, despite them thriving against lefties not enough to get the dub against a better overall team, which Houston is. And guess what? They have the best bullpen ERA in baseball, the Astros do, at 2.66, and a very, really just solid whip of 1.13. White Sox, not the same story. Bullpen ERA of 4.21 and a whip of 1.37. So yeah, if you want to back the White Sox here, go for it. The market in some other spots has, have really shown love for the White Sox here. And you know what? Maybe it's one of those things like that Dodgers game. Hey, if you're going to get a game in this series, it's probably going to be this one. I'm not willing to back on it that it does or that it is the game that they get. I'm not trying to lay minus 175 with the Astros because, yeah, I mean, Valdez could be liable to blowing up here, and the White Sox could, with this little streak they're on, expose him. But instead, I kind of agree with the movement to the total getting bumped up to 8. Maybe it'll move back down to 7.5 at some point as we get to first pitch at 7, 10 p.m. Central time. I doubt it. But right now, the juice is still fairly uh, heavy on the under, minus 120. So I will wait a little bit. But my plan of attack, if anything, with this White Sox and Astros game would be to assume there'd be a decent amount of runs. Giolito, some of those numbers are showing that he's not that stable of a pitcher, that he could easily get beat up on. And the Astros are a great team to do it. Okay? Valdez, yeah, as good as he is as a lefty, well, if he's going to struggle a little bit, why not it be against the best left-handed pitching hitting team in baseball in the Chicago White Sox? And guess what? Houston going against that White Sox bullpen? Yeah, I like that to add a few more runs in the mix. So I would also consider this other Chicago baseball game over the total of eight. Hopefully he could get back to seven and a half. If not, I still think you're fine at eight with the White Sox and Astros. And for the Cubbies and obviously the Braves... Now it's been, re, uh, originally it was kind of like off the board, but it got posted again. Uh, eight and a half, remember, is that total. We are looking for an eight with Atlanta and Chicago. Let me see something really, eh, they only got Charlie Morton's posted. Yeah, the best number for Key and Thompson strikeouts, remember, was under four and a half minus 169, uh, 169, excuse me. Bet Rivers does not have Keegan Thompson's posted, but there's still plenty of time until first pitch. That's all I'm looking at right now for Chicago sports action. I do want to say one more thing before we take a break. And I might get into this a little bit deeper in terms of on rush hour. I'm, I'm probably going to save more of the content there. If not, I'll expand on this further 
next week, all right? But I saw someone tweet this, and, you know, you could kind of say it as a fan and be like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But honestly, I think there could be a legit case here. So if you have been listening to the CityCast or Rush Hour, just seen me blabbing on Twitter, you know that I'm invested in Seiya Suzuki for NL Rookie of the Year. Think we got him at three to one plus three fifty, whatever it was, and it stinks because I literally was like, the only way I see him not winning is if he gets injured, and he has been on the injured list for quite some time now. So he has moved down to seven to one. Above him, Nolan Gorman, second baseman for the Cards, four to one. Don't worry about him; he ain't winning it. Mackenzie Gore with the Padres has a legit case though; he's been pitching very solid, plus one seventy five. Now, if you go down the list a little bit, there's a man named Christopher Morell. Yes, we all know him here. He's been absolutely electric. He has homered in the last two games, and he had that insane on-base streak to begin his Major League career. He is 32-1. to Folks, if he continues to be the leadoff hitter, is it going to help that he's on the Cubs? Not necessarily in terms of being recognized, but... If you're the bright spot on this team because the rest of your team kind of blows, yeah, that'll be huge. Even though Morrell came a little bit later than some of these guys ahead of him because he got Juan Yepes ahead of him, he got Alec Thomas, he got Brendan Donovan, O'Neal Cruz, Michael Harris II, Spencer Strider, then Seiya. There's still, there's still just plenty of time for him to do enough, contribute enough, pad those stats to win this award. And I'm not saying that he should be the favorite right now. That's not what I'm saying. But I feel like this 32 to 1 will not last much longer. I wonder how he does this weekend against Atlanta. That's why I'm debating if I should get into it deeper tonight on rush hour or wait till Monday. I doubt that the odds will move that drastically come Monday. I mean, you're going against this Braves team that's been doing very well. And not that that means Christopher Morrell can't do fine against them. But look, I, I, I'd be shocked if it moved down a considerable amount. So maybe here's what I'll say to do. You know, let's look at it now at 32 to 1. Maybe just throw a little bit of couch money on there. You know, you're a Cubs fan. You want to root for him. Great value, 32 to 1. A race that is still completely wide open. If he can keep up what he's doing, folks, how how would he not win that award? Unless Seiya comes back and dominates. But, like, none of these other guys have been jumping off the page. They're there because they're on better teams. Granted, again, Mackenzie Gore has been the real deal. But he's not getting action every day as a pitcher. And maybe he'll regress at some point. But maybe you just invest a little bit in Christopher Morrell. And then we look to see if we should really get into it next week after this series. Something to ponder as you head into your weekend. Christopher Morrell is 32-1 to for NL Rookie of the Year at Bed Rivers. I haven't checked the other books. I don't know if there's a little bit better value elsewhere. I guess I could scour really quick. But um, honestly, I, well, yeah, I, this market for NL Rookie of the Year, it's, there were some big discrepancies, so there's a pretty good chance. Let me just check out one book really quick. So Seiya is plus 550 at another book. Morel's 22 to 1 at another one. So, hey, there's your difference right now. Bet Rivers, best number at 32 to 1. 
Let me continue to shop here really quick. Wow, you got Seiya at plus 950 at another book. Morel 25 to 1. So again, for Morel, that Rivers wins. Another book has Seiya plus 950 if you had not been invested in Mr. Suzuki up to this point. And then one more book. Seiya 8 to 1. Morel 25 to 1. So, yep, that Rivers. Best number on Christopher Morel. And final book I will look at. I know I already have said that twice, I think, but I might as well at this point, right? Let's see. You got Suzuki 9 to 1 and Morel at 18 to 1. Oh, baby. All right. We got to get in on this, I think. 32 to 1 Morel. Take it before it moves. The other books already have it that way. So uh, let's take advantage of it at Bad Rivers. Morel, 32 to 1 Rookie of the Year. Let's go, baby. Lock it in. All right. Quick break here, ladies and gents. We will recap the NBA Finals, our NBA season, and talk about Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. That's tomorrow, but our next segment right away. Just a quick break, folks, so stay with us. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. How about them Warriors? Four rings for Steph Curry and the OG core of Golden State. Wow, what an effort in game six. Did you get scared for a second? Did you think this was for sure going to game seven? I'm not going to lie. After that 12-2 start out of Boston, I kind of figured it was going to. And I know it was an early reaction, but I also thought that Boston had the advantage and would probably win in this game. And that we correlated with the total going over instead of betting on Boston. And you know what? The trend continued the whole damn series. So I got to pat myself on the back a little bit for that one. Come on. Even though we got the wrong play because I thought the Celtics would win and the total would go over after game one. I said that I was like, hey, if this is going to be a Warriors win, it's going to stay under. Conversely, Celtics win. It'll go over. And it did that for every single game. But my idiot self didn't capitalize on it once. So I'm going to take that pat on the back back because I didn't even do it myself. But no, it was uh, it was very, very cool to see. This Warriors team be so poised, so calm, cool, and collected, and just really play well defensively, which of course contributed to the under being the defense that they instilled against Boston. Now, Boston missed a lot of shots. They were not aggressive. They had sloppy turnovers all over the place. I went to the grocery store this morning, went to go get some milk, and Jason Tatum's face was on the back of the carton. That was odd. Yeah, 6 of 18, 1 of 4 from deep. 13 points, 5 turnovers. What a terrible performance out of this guy in the biggest game of his career. Al Horford showed up, 19 points, 14 rebounds. And it's funny, I joked he was going to get 28 and 12. Pretty damn close in terms of the rebounds, of course, but his points were about 9 off. Robert Williams was saving this team from an 
just obliteration. 10 points. How about Draymond Green, though? 12 points. Draymond had his best game this whole year. I swear he did. He had to have. Not that I watched regular season Warriors games, per se, but 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 12 points, plus 16. 2 of 5 from deep in 42 minutes. Curry, though, the star of the show. 12 of 21, 6 of 11 from 3. Yep, he bounced back, went over his 3-point prop and his points prop. 34 points, 6 threes, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. He is your finals MVP. The narrative came through, and we cash in on plus 125 for Steph Curry finals MVP in our Golden State series price bet at minus 150 before the series started. The trend also continued with our guy Jordan Poole. 15 points every time he went over his points prop, the Warriors won. And every time he didn't, they lost, so it only happened twice. Jalen Brown had a great game. You give him props, 34 points, but he's not supposed to be your number one guy. He's supposed to be a great number two, which he is. But you're not going to win a game with Jalen Brown being your top guy. That's just reality. And you're not going to win a game with a lot of things that the Celtics team did. I mean, he gave Peyton Pritchard considerable minutes at the beginning of this game, and Steph Curry exposed him. When he didn't have Pritchard out there, Curry didn't have a shot attempt, I don't think. And then he saw him, he's like, oh yeah, give me the ball. Now granted, Pritchard didn't really play in the second half. He only had 8 minutes, 0-2 from the floor, minus 20 plus minus differential. But the coaching decisions by Boston was suspect. The turnovers by Boston made it look like a middle school team that was formed for the first time. They looked nervous. They looked like they didn't want it. They looked weary. They gave up. Tatum looked afraid and weak. He was losing the ball out of his hand. He refused to take shots from deep. It was just nuts. Like, what the hell are you doing? And guess what? Even Marcus Smart was timid out there. Only two three-point attempts. He had nine points, four 12 from the floor. Derek White, two points. Blech. Grant Williams, three points, yikes. Wow, I, there's just so many bad things to say about the Celtics in this game. And look, I'm not trying to be the annoying guy who's riding on the high horse here, but it's more so, and I've said this here on Rush or on Rush Hour, but I'm, I, maybe I have, but I have absolutely have said this on the Chicago CityCast, and I've said it and preached it to my friends for the past two years the Celtics, the Boston Celtics, will never win a championship with the trio of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Feel free to at me on Twitter. I already tweeted it out. All right? I truly believe that. And I believe that, I think, whenever it was like that two years ago when they got to the conference finals or whatever, I'm just like, I don't see it. I mean, Tatum clearly is not the guy. Was he injured? Was he banged up? Yeah, that shoulder maybe prevented him from going as all out as he would have wanted to. Are they still young? Yes. But I just don't see a Marcus Smart involved team winning this championship. Are they another piece away from getting there? Maybe. Maybe they are. But you think Horford's going to replicate it getting a year older at this point? You don't think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to add a piece and probably be healthier with Chris Middleton in the mix? Other teams are going to stack up, folks. And the championship hangover is legit. The Bucks, to me, are still clearly the top team in the East. And there's people, oh, you can't make that excuse. Uh, no, Chris Middleton, uh, you know, because so-and-so was out for Bucks. Come on. 
be honest with yourself for a second. If Chris Middleton was playing in that series, the Bucks would have won. I think you take a poll, a majority of people would have said that. Or agree with that, rather. All the supposed sharp people on Boston for this series. All analytics. Look, I love analytics, but come on. At some point, you go with your gut and you go with what you know. And you go with raw talent and coaching and experience. And Golden State had all of that. Was the value on Boston? Yeah, you can make that argument, I suppose. Not now, because clearly there's no value in a loss. But I get it. You know, me personally, laying minus 150, I was way late to the game. But I did that because my thought process was that Golden State would win game one and the odds would uh, would get even more egregious and then I would have no chance to take it. And you know what? They were cruising in game one until they weren't and Boston had that historic fourth quarter comeback. And then I'm looking like an idiot on the bad price. But I'm not looking like an idiot now. Just kidding. I'm always looking like an idiot. But I'm feeling less like an idiot now because we cash our minus 150 series price bet. Um, But yeah, wow. I did not expect them to win that game. But once they got on that run, once Steph Curry pointed to his finger for the ring, it was Billy Ball game. Got scared for a second, but he closed it out. He closed it out indeed. But Golden State was clearly the better team with more scoring. And it was going to come through at some point. If they weren't winning this game, they were winning game seven. Boston just didn't have what it took. The last three games, you saw it. That game four loss by Boston turned everything around. They were depleted after that. That's what it was, folks. But Golden State wins once again. And it's one of those things where I know when a team wins a lot, everybody loves to hate on them when they have success. You know, us Bulls fans, and I know New York people too, certainly had disdain for LeBron and when he was winning. That's different though, right? That's different than Golden State winning, a team that was constructed and built. Yes, I know Kevin Durant came over, blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about those teams. I'm talking about this year. A team that was abysmal last year. Klay Thompson not playing for two years. Steph Curry with the narrative that he needed help in a sense. Doing it on his own. I know the first time they got it you know, without KD. But this team was just kind of special in a sense. You know, Gary Payton getting his injury. Jordan Poole emerging. Andrew Wiggins being an all-star and playing exceptionally well these last two rounds. You can't help but be happy for these guys. Unless you're a Boston fan or a Boston backer. But it just seemed like everyone in the world leading up into this series is like, oh, Boston's the hottest team. They were, I get it, but come on. Boston gave you signs that they could not be trusted. Except for that Brooklyn series, you went up against Milwaukee, and you know what? They blew that game five at home that I kept talking about. Like a double-digit lead with several minutes to go. Or a couple minutes to go, rather. All right, game six, game seven, you figured it out. Good job against the beat-up Milwaukee team where Giannis was their only offense. Then against Miami, couldn't close it out in Game 6, almost blew it in Game 7. There were signs that this team was not ready. They'll give you really good spurts, they'll give you good efforts early on, but late when it matters, nope. Nope, nope, nope. But Golden State knew how to scheme around that. They knew how to keep attacking, and they were just the overall better team. And that clearly showed these last three games. So props to the Warriors. Hopefully you're able to tail on some of our bets. 
was a fun year of betting basketball, ladies and gentlemen. My best year in betting hoops. We had that one night where we went up over 30 units. Unforgettable evening. We went 2-1 overall last night. Total over 210 we missed, but we cashed in on the Curry Finals MVP plus 125 and the Warriors to win the series minus 150. That concludes the 21-22 NBA season and our final record, 83-59-1. Fantastic outing this year. Hope you were able to cash on some of our bets. Now we look forward to next year. Most importantly, what the Bulls are going to do. And we'll have plenty of discourse about that here on the CityCast as we get you through these summer months. And now that the NBA is over, of course, we can focus in on football a little bit more so. That's right. Look at some of those futures, awards, all those good things that we can wager on at this point. But, you know, we still got the Stanley Cup Finals, baby. And we got Game 2 happening manana. And we went over this a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. I Sometimes I get my shows confused, so apologies. But just the updated series price and series odds and Game 2 odds. And I told you that we were already betting over five and a half games. And... Thought the line would get a little bit better, but uh, that wasn't the case. Went down to just minus 148 from what it originally was at minus 150. But look, if you if you still think it goes deep, I still think it's worth the play. I took more away from that game on the side of Tampa Bay than Colorado. What I took away from Colorado is that, were they a little bit lucky? Eh, yeah, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is, wow, this team is fast as hell. And they are aggressive. So Tampa Bay may tire out at some point, I'm not going to lie. But the fact that they came down from a couple of goals in that tough road environment, they had a two-man advantage go against them. Seldom are you going to see that. A flimsy puck got past Vasilevsky. Turnovers after turnovers. Not taking advantage of power play opportunities, yet they still took this team to overtime. Vasilevsky has struggled in a couple of game ones. He may bounce back here. You got to get out to the early lead. Do not let Colorado capture that momentum. Currently, the Avalanche are minus 148. The Lightning plus 128. Total still at six. A little bit of juice on the over, minus 113. In terms of where this thing opened at Bet Rivers, let me pull up the odds. Uno momento, por favor. Uh... Colorado at Bet Rivers opened up minus 161 and the Lightning plus 133. So Tampa Bay getting some love once again. Puck line for Colorado about plus 165. If I didn't mention that, taking it with Tampa Bay's minus $2. Now the adjusted series price has it around like plus 250, uh, plus 230 to be exact on Tampa and Colorado minus 278. Is it tempting? You bet it is. But what if Colorado does win game two? We're going to get a maybe like plus 350. That's when I'll consider betting Tampa Bay, I think. And I'm not saying I don't believe they can't win this game too. I hope they do for over five and a half games played in the series bet. But because Colorado clearly has a slight advantage at home in this spot, why not just wait? And you know what? If Tampa Bay does win and we didn't bet the plus 230, that's okay, because again, that is going to help benefit our over five and a half games played in the series bet. So lock in on that. Let's wait to see what happens for game two. And then we'll readjust if need be. Or add another bet to our slate if need be. 
but nothing that I'm betting officially for this game two spot. Maybe flirting with something with the total. Not quite sure where I want to lean yet. Yeah, still a little bitter that I didn't do the over six in game one. But hey, you got to move on. Nut up or shut up, right? But yeah, we'll get plenty more action by the time we get the rush hour tonight. John Legaze is going to be joining us over at The Athletic covering all things baseball. Love the energy he brings to the table, so looking forward to having him on the show. And then to get more coverage for hockey, we've got VEASAN senior NHL analyst Annie McNeil joining the program as well. So tons to still go through. Make sure you're checking out Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. You can get a hold of it on the Marquee Sports Network along with Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts available, and VSIN.com along with the VEASAN app. Hell of a basketball season, folks. Thank you for tailing. If you did, thanks for riding along. Let's hope we can continue to give you some winners. But in baseball now, and of course hockey, we're still sweating that out, baby. We love our hockey bets. We're doing well in hockey as well. The postseason's been a little bit more struggling. But hey, we're going to figure it out. Don't you worry. We're going to close it out on a high note. In baseball, same thing. We got plenty of games and weeks to go. And I have faith we'll get on the right track on a consistent basis. Alrighty, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Best of luck with all your wagers. Until Monday, take care. Stay safe out there.